Hey, this is Amanda, women's health dietitian. And I'm Emily, nutritional therapy practitioner. And this is the Are You Menstrual podcast, where we help you navigate the confusing world of women's hormones and teach you how to have healthy periods. Each week, we will be diving into a different topic on women's health and sharing our perspective using nutrition, female physiology, and metabolic health. Our goal is to help you wade through conflicting health information and empower you on your healing journey. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, we are here to do our birth story episode which I feel like we've been trying to do forever, but we're finally doing it. You guys don't know my husband. So this is my husband. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see him. My husband, Ian. Eliana is here, our new baby. And we're going to talk about our birth story, our home birth. And then I had posted a question box in my stories like a few months ago to see like what you guys want to know about the birth story and everything. So we're going to make sure we address all that stuff like as we go through the timeline. But I'm excited. You excited? I am excited. Usually usually there's a bit of a height difference between us. Oh, yeah. So if you're watching, I'm like a very short person. (laughs) It's just awkward. So we're trying. I have to stand because I'm like Eliana's in a carrier and a wrap. So if I sit down, she will not like it. So we're going to hope that we get through this whole (laughs) first story with her asleep. All right. So let's start with the labor prep stuff. And like, we're going to kind of go through like what we did before the actual birth and then a little bit after when you guys had a lot of home birth questions. So we'll talk about that stuff. So what did we do to prep for labor specifically? Like, you know, leading the days leading up, I had a lot of questions. Did we try to induce labor, all that stuff? So I would say like to prep for labor, the biggest, I talked a lot about it in the third trimester podcast, which I'm going to link in the show notes, but I did do steaming. I didn't do that till like the weekend before, but we did some steaming. We did some foot reflexology, which was really cool. I ate a ton of dates leading up to it. I had the collagen bites that are on my website. I'll link those. I in got the show a pedicure. Notes. Yeah, he got a pedicure while awesome. I got foot reflexology. It was really cool. It was recommended to me. It, so basically we went on Saturday and our due date was Tuesday, May 3rd. So we went the Saturday before. I didn't want to try to have her any earlier than that. Just cause like we weren't really ready. <laughs> like we were like finishing up stuff for her, like nursery. You still were working. Yeah. I didn't really know what to expect. So it was kind of just, if it came, it happened early, that was great. But we we're going to try to stick to the same schedule just for kind of our own sanity and make sure yeah. we had the, the best plan. I was like, please don't come early because I'm I'm like not actually ready. I'm still finishing up stuff for maternity leave. So she, we ended up, we're like, all right, Saturday, we're ready. If she were to come today, we'd be fine. So that's when I started steaming. And I have, I'm linking a podcast episode that I did on steaming with Kit from Katara. We talked about steaming for pregnancy and postpartum. I also talked about that in the third trimester episode. But basically, I used the specific herbal blend that she recommends. I'll link it in the show notes. And then I steamed, I did twice a day Saturday, twice a day Sunday. And then I don't think I steamed after that. No, I don't think you did Monday. Yeah. Basically like the weekend I was like, all right, I'm going to try to get things moving. If it happens, cool. If not, but I also did foot reflexology and I'll tell you what, it was crazy. 
It was insane. We went to this like Korean spa in Fayetteville because we're near Fort Bragg, we're in Rayford. And it was the only place around that offers it. But it was, I'm so happy we went there because the, the woman was amazing, the owner. And th- yeah, they just made you feel really comfortable. They're all like rubbing my belly, telling me like if she's ready or not. Like it was. Yeah, they were, they were really very, cool. they were very hands on, but very sweet and very nice. And yeah. They, they I mean, they had it pretty good yeah they said like she's i'm sitting in the chair the woman was rubbing my belly and she's like not ready yet she's not ready yet a yeah. few days a few more days and i was like okay and so then like 10 minutes into the foot reflexology i think it was like an hour long i started getting cramping and i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna have this baby soon <laughs> yeah and you're going to the bathroom after and then they were looking yeah. at me and they're like uh a couple you know, maybe it's maybe after the weekend maybe monday maybe tuesday so yeah. it was like they had a they had a pretty spot on it pretty funny and then months so i was like cramping during that and like a little bit the rest of the day i didn't have any bleeding or anything it, they definitely were not contractions it was like just felt like period cramps but they started literally during the foot reflexology it was really cool then i did some more steaming that day the next day i steamed twice it was honestly just so relaxing. Like it felt really good to do it. So even if it didn't induce labor for me, I was like, this is, it's kind of like prepping. It's, it's supposed to cre- be creating moisture so that in lubrication, that's like kind of the benefits leading up to birth, but it can help induce labor. So we were kind of hanging out, just doing that fun stuff on the weekend. Monday, I start, I woke up with contractions like in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and they weren't terrible. They weren't that bad, but they were definitely stronger than period cramps, but they were still like very erratic, super far apart. And then, but Monday night we thought it was going to happen. <laughs> we like that yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then Tuesday morning we had our appointment mm-hmm. with the midwife. It was like 40 weeks. That was our due date, May 3rd. So she came in the morning, she checked me kind of, it hurt really bad. So I like jumped and I was like, get out, <laughs> to get out of there. But she was able to tell that I was like 50% effaced. Yeah. So. We thought we had another day. For sure. I thought, I mean, yeah. I, I personally thought we had another day. It was pretty painful watching you go through that. Like you, you were like very like tense and freaking out a little bit about it. And I was like, okay, cool. So maybe it's not that time. I didn't know that they, apparently that's normal. Apparently yeah. it does hurt when they check you. I just didn't know. I thought people didn't want to get checked just because it's invasive. It can expose you to bacteria and it's just like another intervention. So I, I just wanted to know to see where I was at. So she couldn't tell how, how dilated I was, but she was able to tell that, okay, you're 50% of base. And I was like, cool. That's like a really good sign. And that honestly, that they told me that that's even more important than dilation. So we were like, cool, this is definitely going to happen soon ish. And for sure. Yeah. (laughs) But our, our midwife Laura said, she was like, most of the time, like on the day of that 40 week appointment, she often like ends up coming back. So she's like, I'll probably see you guys later. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And then like that day, it was just kind of like off and on contractions. They still felt like just strong period cramps and they were definitely still like in my uterus. And then that night at like 10 o'clock ish, 10, 11. Yeah. They got really bad and I had my first like back labor contraction and that's kind of like when I was like, oh my gosh, this is really happening now. Yeah. There was like a stuff and discomfort in your face and yeah. we were like having a hard time trying to like kind of get comfortable on the couch and then we went to the room, we were on the floor and then it kind of kicked off from there. Yeah. And like nothing felt good. And like I was on the, I, I mostly use the exercise ball that's like behind him right now, like the yoga ball, birth ball, whatever you want to call it. I was like leaning on that pretty much all fours is like the only thing that felt good to me the whole time. We're like, we did a birth class together and all this stuff. And we're like going to try all this 
counter pressure and like partner stuff. And I was like, nope. <laughs> no. Yeah. The medicine ball was it. No, I mean the workout ball was it. And then just yeah. laying on the floor and the heating pad, the heating, pad. heating pad. Yeah. Those were, those were like the big things. So that's kind of like what happened. A lot of people asked about like, how do we mentally prepare for this? I would say, I think like just educating ourselves was the biggest thing, especially for me. Like I did the happy home birth course to learn more about home birth and she has a great podcast too that I'm going to refer to a ton throughout this. And then I also did the pain-free birth course. My birth was very painful. It just was. I'm not going to act like it wasn't because it was really painful. I think just the back labor in general is it just is exhausting. And I don't, I'm not the kind of person that has like cr- back cramps when I have my period. So it was like pretty shocking to me. And then I ended up doing, we did childbirth class with our doula. So all, all those like really helped me just understand like what's going to happen. <laughs> what can we do to like make myself more comfortable? And then, you know, just the different interventions that might come up. How did you prepare? Uh, basically just going through the list of what we had for what was required for the home birth. So there was some little stuff, TD stuff that wasn't around the house. I was deployed and came back in the beginning of, of March. So there's kind of like a huge to-do list of things between the baby shower and all that stuff that family wants to be involved with and then kind of hunkering down and getting ready for the actual birth. So kind of uh, juggling those two things was really important to make sure that we communicated uh, when I was deployed and then kind of had to, ourselves on the same schedule as far as what, what were the expectations of when I got back. So it's kind of going through that checklist, making sure that I was available for any kind of education stuff that she was doing or, or appointments and being there and present for that so I can get the word of mouth direct from the people and then also ask any questions that I had on the fly. So I'm not just getting stuff secondhand, don't really have a say. Yeah. And then just being supportive, like as supportive as I could be for her and then making sure that I was making myself as available as I could during that time. I do think it's important that like you did the childbirth class. He did, yeah. So he did every, like he didn't do like the pain-free birth class, like not the courses that were more like thing. They were giving me things to do, he, but he did more of like the, here's the physiological, like what's happening childbirth class with me. And then the breastfeeding class, which was helpful. And then we had a home birth class or like meeting kind of safety meeting with our home birth assistant. Yeah. Well, that was, which was great. Like yeah. They broke down so many cool things there. And then we had like kind of the anatomy class that we took previous to that. Yeah. Helped me understand a lot of stuff. I really enjoyed that. I like that kind of stuff. Anyway, it's just so. good to know. Like, yeah, they're like, here's what it's going to be like. Here's what transition can look like. Like, here's how long this might take, but just kind of knowing those and, things were really helpful. And then we actually went through birth, like, you kind of like recognize what's going on. You're yeah, like, okay, this, funny. <laughs> this is pretty normal-ish, yeah, right? Yeah. So somewhat of an extent. And I th- so basically for mindset, I, I honestly think that the home birth stuff was the most important for us because we chose to do a home birth. So like going through the safety things, like that was huge for me because yeah. while I felt very confident in our birth team, I mean, we had a midwife, a midwife assistant mm-hmm. who's also a doula, our own doula. And then we had another midwife assistant who was in training to be a midwife who was also attending. And so, I mean, we had a great team of people. We had a lot of people there to support us. I didn't, I wasn't worried that if something went wrong, they wouldn't be able to figure it out, but going through each thing that could go wrong beforehand, yeah. really, although it's not like the most fun thing to talk about, <laughs> it just was like, okay, if this happens, here's your list of options. And then of course they're going to share what they recommend, but we would ultimately make the choice, but it was really cool. That, that eased my mind. Yeah. It's extremely realistic. And it kind of yeah. like 
brings it home because you're talking to this person about what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And then to up to that point, like it's kind of everything is like almost fake. You know, yeah. you're, you're prepping for something that you've never really done before. So then finally it's when hard. they say, hey, listen, we're prepared because everybody comes to the house. You have appointments yeah. the midwife, lactation consultant, and they're very nice. They make you feel very good. But it's also like, okay, so like what are you doing to be good at your job? And then during that appointment, I really felt like, hey, if this goes wrong, this is what we're going to do. This goes wrong, this is what we're going to do. And here's how many times you've had to do that in the last yeah. six months, a year, two years, or ever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so that's super rare, that stuff to happen. We've already qualified to have a home birth, which I think yeah. people don't realize don't realize at all. And then I'm like, okay, I had a warm and fuzzy feeling that they know what they're doing, and then they really trust us in our process to do that. Yeah. And it and I think it was just really cool to know that like while certain things are obviously an emergency and you need – they need to be addressed in a timely manner. There is still time to think and make a decision. So yeah, and they exactly. gave us a bunch of examples of like, hey, this happened to this family in the past. Here's like what they decided. Here's what we recommended. It was great to get examples like that. Not every midwife and like home birth team is going to do that. So I would ask a lot of questions about that and say like, hey, do you talk about like the different safety things and like what can go wrong in a home birth and what we do. They even went through like what they have on them. Right. So like if I end up bleeding, like here's the different right. medications they carry, here's the more natural options. Like, and then here's, you know, what we recommend based on the situation. So, and they gave us a handout with all that information so that we could kind of reference it and think about it before the birth to be like, okay, if this went wrong, like what would we want to do? So that was a huge like mindset plus. Cause I think while someone may want a home birth and be like, I love the idea of it. I want to be home. I want this stress-free, stress-free setting. Ultimately, if you're not educated on that stuff and you are like anxious about, you know, safety going into the birth, you're going to be stressed out. And that's not good for labor at all. So those were, I think those are like the biggest things, the happy home birth course, which I'm like, I'm not sure how much longer she's offering that hopefully for a while, but she has a whole lesson on that in there. That was very similar to what we did with our birth assistant. So that's an option. And she has a bunch of stuff on her podcast too. So that's kind of like how we prepared mindset wise. Pain-free birth course has a lot of great mindset stuff. She's got this one lesson. I forget what it's called, but it's something about like getting to the mountaintop and it's like 20 minutes. It's it it has like light music in the background and it feels like a motivational like speech the whole time, but it's so good. And it's like, it's all about the transition. And it's like, you know, she describes it like you're going from like made into motherhood and like how much you're going to change and you're going to meet your baby. And like when I was having a really hard time, like that's what I thought about. A lot of people asked if I thought about giving up (laughs) and I did many times but I didn't say it out loud. You didn't, I didn't even say it to you because mm-hmm. I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want him to doubt anything. So I just was like, okay. I was like, already on edge pretty much. Yeah. So, so like, it was probably better. I, pre- than I appreciate it. I was <laughs> like, um, you know, freaking out. It was, it's just, a, you're just like, what's happening? Cause you've both never done it, you know? So yeah, it was wild, but I definitely did doubt it. I did not say it out loud. I just didn't want anyone else to get that vibe or that feeling that like, okay, this might, not happen, you know, because in my mind, I was kind of like, I was very determined to do it. But I was also like, this is so hard and so painful. And like, I need her to come out. So yeah, it was it was a lot. I think just the other big thing I recommend doing is 
talking to your partner about like what you're scared of beforehand. Like we, that was one thing our birth team recommended to us. I think it was Jenny, the birth assistant. Like, what are you afraid of? And kind of getting that out and just talking it out. Cause pretty much like there's, you can just go through the worst case scenario and you realize like, it's not that bad for the most part, depending on what your fears are. But like, I was just really scared of transferring to the hospital. I just really Mm. didn't want to transfer, but we talked about it and we're like, okay, well we'd go to Womack, which is like the, it's a military. Yeah. It's like a base military hospital nearby. And so many people I know have delivered there and love their experience. And uh, our midwife used to work there, right? Yeah. Our midwife used to work there. Our doula, she goes, she attends births there all the time. Yeah. it really wasn't that big of a deal. Nice, but, warm, nice warm and fuzzy, but still. Yeah. Just like really got my, like, I just was afraid I wouldn't be able to do it, honestly. And so, you know, we were, we talked through that. He was mostly afraid of safety things. So, yeah. So was, that meeting really helped. As long as she came out healthy is really all I was concerned with. But just like that meeting helped us understand like what health really means. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like, if we have to transfer, this mean anything bad is happening, like too bad. Like everything is pretty salvageable. They can work on stuff, but. Just kind of wrap your head around that. Like even if she needed breaths, like if she was not, if she did not come out breathing, it's like, there's so many things that you would do before you transferred that like I never would have known. Yeah. I would have just been freaking out. So all the, all that kind of stuff was like, so, so helpful. Do you have any advice for birth partners? Just uh, like we said before, like the communication aspect and making yourself available. I was apprehensive at first when you mentioned having home birth, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, well, that's different than what I've ever been told my whole life. So I kind of put like a little, like a little shield up and didn't really want to talk about that kind of stuff. And then we kind of hashed it out and had the conversation over a pretty long period of time, yeah. you know? And then once you start looking at that stuff and then not going to a hospital post COVID and yeah. all that kind of stuff was kind of like, okay, I feel probably a lot better at this. And then seeing how much she trusted that process and how much research that you do mm-hmm. all the time with everything, I felt really comfortable with the decision that you were making, which made me feel good. So uh, just communicate with your partner what you're apprehensive about, what issues you have, and then just making yourself as available as you can and being present for it because it's it did pay off during the actual birth. Like yeah. subconsciously I'm doing things that are helping out the whole situation. And I didn't really realize that. And the doula and the midwife after are giving you kind of like, reinforcement saying, Hey, good job on this. Good job on that. Like, that's really good that you did that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? Yeah, yeah. But like, because we have done the classes and just cause we have a, a good methods of communication naturally and we understand each other that was able to really kind of shed light on that. So. Yeah. So just communicate. If your partner is afraid of home birth, there is a podcast that I'll, I'm, I'm going to link to a bunch from the happy home birth podcast. Like listen to those. She interviews a lot of people about their experience. I know that a lot of like like a lot of people at his work like thought think we're hippies or that I'm a hippie because I wanted a home birth and it and I get (laughs) I get the sentiment and the idea behind it but it's like we just wanted a stress-free birth that was ultimately my goal you know as low stress as possible um the only stress was the birth exactly like where there, there was no other factors that were producing exterior stressors yeah that would freak us out like if I had to pee, I'm in my own bathroom. If you yeah. had to eat or if they had to eat, like everything was at home. So yeah. we're super relaxed in that retrospect, you yeah. know, so. And we were the kind of people where like, we didn't really want outside help <laughs> after. Hmm. So like, I've talked to a lot of people and they're like, I loved having the nurses. I didn't want to leave the hospital because I didn't want to not have help when I went home. And like, 
I get some people are like that, but I'm like, let me do it myself kind of situation. I just didn't want, you know, I just, yeah. I didn't want that invasiveness on like such a special time for us. Like that's personally how we felt. And that's what we got like with our home birth, but the birth, the actual birth process, we kind of, we talked about how it started, the contractions and everything. I had my first like back contractions and then really it was like, they started getting closer and closer. <clears throat> we were timing them. We had an app on our phone. Yeah. I, I mean, that whole day was, they were within 45 minutes of each other. And then they kind of dwindled down as the night got on. At around between 10 and 11, when stuff started getting weird, I I, I texted the doula. I was kind of crazy about that a little bit more so than you were. Well, I just, we, we texted them like a little bit earlier. We kind of let give everyone a heads up, right? Yeah. Like, hey, we think that yeah. here's what's happening. Obviously, don't come yet. They told us, like, we'll come whenever you want. So they recommend, right. they recommend that they don't come until your contractions are three to five minutes apart for an hour. Like if but your you, contractions are coming kind of like, like they were, but they, like, yeah, they kept going on and on. Yeah. And they, and they were pretty intense. Um, and then your verbal communication with them, I was like, okay, well they're maybe four to six minutes apart, but like they sound really intense. Yeah. I needed help. Was <clears> it? Yeah. I, and, and we needed help. Nothing yeah. that I could provide, like whatever, Classes we did didn't help. It, so. Nothing, nothing was helping other than heat. So I did like it was like earlier before I because basically you get to this point where you can't, you don't even know where you are. You're like definitely not going to use your phone. So he had the number for our midwife mm-hmm. and our doula, which is very important to do because I could not text. Right, I was like, nope. Um, I needed, I needed all my rest in between each contraction until like I was very focused on my breathing because I didn't want to be in pain. But I did text my midwife before it got that bad, and I was like, can I use a heating pad? So I was like trying to get some like. I didn't want to like it was like 20 minutes at a time or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just because right? it's like if you use too much heat, it can slow things down. And the while I was scared because it hurt really bad, I was like, I kind of just want to get this over with. So I'm not gonna not good, Yeah, right? I didn't I didn't want to like hinder it. So I was getting advice from her, but eventually I was like, I need help and we need them here. So that's when he And they were great, like uh like during the time between they ended up showing up around 1.45 a.m. So for the two and a half, three hours we were texting, like I would text them like all the details and then they would just give me a very concise message back. Like, yeah. here's what you need to do. Here's what you're looking at. Let me know when this happens. And then once we hit those little milestones, we hit them. But around 1.30, 1.15, I was like, hey man, she's in the shower. I was dying. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yelling. Right. And yeah. I'm like, it, like if this comes now, like, I don't know what to do. So they, they I mean, she wasn't going to come yet, but it, mostly like, I just really wanted more support. Like you were great support, but we were just kind of like, there's gotta be more that we can do. Yeah. Right. There's gotta be something else that can reduce my pain and make me more comfortable. And just I having experts there did that. Yeah. You know, so for sure. a hundred percent. So then they came, which was great. The doula got there first. Yeah. Gina, yeah. Mama stay fit on Instagram. She's amazing. She's great truly made a huge huge difference in the birth didn't come and interject just came no. sat gave advice and just observed yeah which was like i'm like okay so she's not saying anything i'm like but she's just looking at her and it's like <laughs> but she's like meticulous how she's looking at you and then she would yeah. say okay do this and then we would do it and be like oh okay cool like, yeah so it was great that was good help yeah like one of the first things she she like watched me and she was like why don't you try something more inverted because i was like on all fours on the birth ball a lot. So I tried to like do an inversion kind of like on the cat with my, my knees up on the couch, but that was like too much. So then I just went on the floor, which was like such a tiny inversion, but even just like 
being in like a, almost like a child's pose, like a puppy pose basically. And it felt so much better for the contraction. You would think that position would not be comfortable, but it really, really helped. So like little things like that. And I was trying to like not be constantly in the hot water because again, like things would start to slow down a little bit once I got in there and I wanted to like keep things moving. So that, that was like really helpful. We did that for a while. I think next time I would try to have some homeopathic remedies available for different types of pain. Just if I get back labor again, I want to have something <laughs> there just because it was it just as like there's like Arnica, it depends on like the type of pain, but there's different ones you can do just so even if it didn't work, I think just having it something else to try because there's only so much that you can do. But I, when the birth team got there, like Gina was there, I was in the shower kind of like in and out. And then the birth team got there. I was back in the shower because I just couldn't take like two 30 ish. Um, Just after two 30. Hey, Amanda here, just giving you a quick break, hopefully a a break for your brain in the middle of this podcast episode to remind you that if you haven't gone through our free training, optimizing hormone health through mineral balance, we really do recommend starting there. And the main reason for that is because you're going to hear us say things like mineral foundation, having a solid foundation. Are you putting the foundations in place? Especially what was, we get deeper and deeper into different hormonal topics and specific imbalances in the body, the, the mineral foundation it's always going to be so essential. So if you haven't watched the free training, you can find it in our show notes or you can go to hormonehealingrd.com and it's going to be right on that front page there. But we really recommend starting there so that you can understand how is your current mineral status? How do you assess this and how to get started with all that just so you can get as much as you possibly can out of the rest of the podcast episodes. But that's it. I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Yeah, it, it was in the, you know, they get there and I had talked to our midwife beforehand and cause we were, we weren't sure about the whole checking thing. Like what, like when will she check me? And in my mind, I thought that when she gets there, I'll let her check me like before I went into labor. And then they were there and I was like, no, she can't check me because she checked me that more or, you know, that earlier that morning at our 40 week appointment and it hurt so bad. And I was already in so much pain that I was like, I can't do that right now. So they got creative and they used that like purple line that you can see. What's the name of it? I'm going to link, I'm going to link to it and everything. Okay. So will they call it purple line dilation technically? Yeah. And you were all fours in the pool. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's this purple line that you'll see when you're approaching. Yeah. I'll just read you the definition because I'm going to say it wrong. When you're in or approaching labor, you may develop a thin purple line that runs vertically from your anus to the top of your natal cleft in between your butt cheeks. So like up your butt crack, basically Mm -hmm. to the very like top part, this purple butt line, as it's often called is said to first appear when the cervix is between zero and two centimeters dilated it may be very faint or very bold and dark, but it seems to be present in about 90% of cases. So the further up the line goes of that butt crack, the more dilated you're supposed to be. So, and I'm going to link a blog on this because it's really cool, right? Like it's, 
to me, I'm like, why don't more people use this? Because when you check someone, it's very painful and it is invasive. And if you think about it, like if, if someone were going to, if they wanted to like check your progress throughout, like, I feel like this is such a great way to do it. So they were doing that probably like what, every hour? Yeah, so was, yeah, like you were you were like were firm on like not getting checked yeah. because of the experience <laughs> yeah. the other day, and you were going through a lot of stuff already. I didn't want it to mess with my head because <laughs> your actions were pretty crazy. We're we're in the water trying to get comfortable, and the cool part about this was like I, I had no idea what was going on because I'm in the room with her in the pool, and then the birthing. So the doula uh, Gina was with us in the room the whole time, pretty much, who was also pregnant. We'll yeah. talk about after. Yeah. And then the birth team was in the living room and they're just kind of hanging out. And as they're hanging out, they're game planning everything. Right. Yeah. So like, they're pretty much like figuring out, you know, what's the first, the second, the third thing they're going to do. And then once they realized that she was like, Hey, nobody's going to in there checking <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, basically. basically. So the birthing assistant came in with a flashlight and she's like, okay, I'm just gonna look at something real quick. And then like, she no, she very clearly explained it and asked permission. Right. Yeah. It's, True. Yeah. They're very, very good at that. Checks her thing, looks at it, and then goes to the living room and then comes back. And then they're like, okay, cool. We'll check you later. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know. And and I just like, like, my. They knew what was going on. Yeah. I pretty much was like, I just don't want anything that's going to discourage me. And I think, and they all knew me at this point, because that's the other great thing about home birth is your appointments. Seven months of appointments. Yeah. Like you see, you spend so much time with your midwife. They also made sure that I had plenty of appointments with Jenny beforehand. Like we, you met with her once. I met with her twice and they were, they were like three hour appointments. Like most of them won't be that long, but we just like got to talking and it kind of went on, but you get, you really get to know these people. So they knew me, they knew, okay, she's in a lot of pain. We know that she can handle it. Cause that's the kind of person that she is. And we know that she really wants this home birth. So they didn't share anything that I didn't need to know. Right. They, yeah. they, and that's kind of like their, what, how they work as a team. Like they don't, basically they don't even have to communicate because they already know what each other is thinking. It's pretty crazy. They just glance like a look at each other. And then all of a sudden, like a solution is there. It's almost like a, like a, like a pit team and like racing or whatever. Yeah. Like they're just like, they work like in this fluidity. That's, yeah. that's really well. And it's like, you kind of have to be like that in that home birth environment. Cause it's like, everything's, I mean, for us, it was like, it was dark. We had like the, like dim lights up and the it was very relaxed. Was like, us, yeah. yeah. It was very specific. So like, they're not disrupting that at all, which was just like, so appreciated. So they were checking me that way, looking at that purple line. And I guess it was pretty accurate because eventually I did let the midwife check me because I was like in and out of the birth tub. I think this was after I had, tr- they they, were, they told me to sit on the toilet because my water wouldn't break mm-hmm. and we have a squatty potty. So I was sitting on the toilet with my feet up on the squatty potty. Making the best noises having so many contractions. It was so painful in that position. Very scary. I don't recommend it. And he's just standing there like holding my hands and like shaking. <laughs> lot, great, great support. She wasn't yelling at me. So it's like, no. that's fine. And, you know? but, but it still wouldn't break. And I don't know. I was probably on there for like 45 minutes. Yeah. It was back and forth a couple of times. And it's just like, I'm just like, to me, like I'm thinking, okay, if this water breaks, like what if the baby just flies out yeah, and I'm like, they're flat on the toilet. Well, you know she definitely mean? didn't. You know, yeah, but it's just, it's, it's, it was, yeah, it was pretty nerve wracking. Yeah. It was how many, I hope you guys hear all these baby noises, <laughs> this well, audio. Yeah. but anyway, so I'm trying to break my water. It we did not break. Crazy hair, you know? Yeah. So my water didn't break before my contractions. I know like that's what happens in the movies, but in real life that actually happens like a very small percentage of the time apparently. And it's actually a good thing 
if your water doesn't break right away, because it it's like a sign of like health and like strength. So, but it turns out most of my waters were just behind her. So that's why they took so long. So I was like in and on and off the toilet. I'm like kind of feeling defeated at this point. I'm exhausted. I don't know what time it is. I do it's not like 830, 8, 8, 30 a.m. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't want to know. I, I felt like I had been in labor for like two days at that point. Um, and all you had eaten was a banana. Um, so the goal was should I get, eat some And food. a lot of adrenal cocktails. Yeah, like, a lot like five <laughs> bottles of coconut water. Water yeah. and the goal was try to get her to eat something because. But at this point, you know, this is when I let her check me. Yeah. So I, yeah. I was finally like, I was getting scared. I was getting nervous because I was so exhausted. Like, am I going to have to transfer so that I can rest? Because you, I just could not rest between the contractions. And so I let her check me. And again, it was so painful, but less painful mm-hmm. than the morning. Yeah, um, you're so exhausted too. She said something about like, as things start to move and you're in labor, it's not as painful as checking like before labor apparently. So I let her check me. I was six centimeters dilated and fully effaced. So I was like, okay, like I can deal with that. And like, again, the centimeters dilated are not that important. It's, it's the effacement that at least that's what they told us is the most important. So I knew that she was going to come soon. And that's kind of like, everyone was excited when she said it, you know, the whole birth team, Gina, they're all like, oh, cool. We're, we're going to have a baby soon. So I'm like, sweet. Did you throw it before or after that? After that. Okay. So I'm like, sweet, we're going to have a baby soon. And then <laughs> after that, I just kind of, I kept, that's when they're like, let's get you up. Let's, let's eat some food. And they're yeah. like, let's shower first and clean you up. And I feel like this was basically a trick to just get me moving around because yeah. I really favored being on all fours. I did the runner's lunge pose a ton and it was a good one for me. But once I got comfortable in it, everything slowed down. Like it's like, it would be, it's like, I'd get some really bad contractions and there'd be like progress. And then I would still have contractions, but they wouldn't be as strong. So I basically was like battling, like wanting to be really comfortable and not in as in much pain and like progressing the labor. So having them like trick me and get me out of the birth tub, like really helped me because I wouldn't have done it myself. Because you were, I mean, at that point you were nodding off pretty heavy. Yeah. I was like Uh, sleeping. You know, she's like sleeping. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, like, I mean, I, I know you were sleeping too. I was, I was very tired also <laughs> from just pouring water on your butt the whole time. That was my job. Was I gotta like put that picture and just pour. I gotta put that picture in from like three to like eight a.m. Just scoop and pour water. No, but uh, you were super tired, and I could see the exhaustion in your face. And then you were just like, it was almost like you were like, okay, cool. I'm gonna take like a quick like thirty seconds off and like not off. And then yeah. once you nobody said anything to you, you're like. Because we were under the impression that if you were getting too tired, we'd have to transfer. Yeah. And if you were going to fall asleep, like that's a no-no. And then but we d- they didn't tell us that. Yeah. We just didn't know. <laughs> so you're just kind of like, not enough, not enough. And it's like, okay, let's get up and moving. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's do yeah. that. And that was a... Uh, so, so then, so I get up and standing was the worst thing, but we ended up having her standing because that's what really got my contractions going, apparently. <laughs> so I like stand up. And I have a contraction. And then like every step to the shower, I have a contraction. And our bathroom is attached to our bedroom. So it's not that far, but it took me like 10 minutes to get to the shower. Yeah, our, our master our master bedroom is on the first floor. So within proximity of the kitchen, which was good. So then when we got her up and moving after the shower, uh, we tried to get her to eat some food and brought her into the, the kitchen dining room area. And she was on the stool in like a, in like kind of like a kneeling position. Yeah. And they put the... Tens unit on you like the legit one yeah so that that was another thing that did help my pain so like the heating pad 
definitely get that. Hot water is great if you have back labor like I did on your back. If you have regular contractions, a lot of people like to get the sprayer and like spray it on the front or just like stand facing forward. Those were great. The birth pool obviously is amazing. That's pretty much why I wanted a home birth. And then finally the TENS unit. I had one, but it's not meant for labor. The one that our birth assistant had, had like three nodes. It was so strong. That was like that works yeah. pretty well. Yeah. It, it, I still was in a good amount of pain, but it was like I could eat. Like it, it, it allowed yeah. me to eat a little bit. I feel bit. like that kind of kicked off some like the, the the whole combination of things, like you moving that tens unit, like being in the position you work because it was almost like a, a kind of like a half standing position at the table. Yeah. Like a bench. I was like kneeling on this like bench that we. Yeah, had. it was like a bench dinner table. The birth team needed a break too. I think that some people kind of like they come in the middle of night and they're like working relentlessly. Yeah. So they're chowing down in Chick Fil A. And then something happens. I had like, I, the, I felt like it was one bag of water broke. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, something happened. Right. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like, like, I'm looking in the little like diaper thing a, she had they on. They put a diaper on me so I could walk around the house and not make a giant mess. I ran outside. I'm like, something came out, you know? Yeah. And then they came inside <laughs> and they're like, so like they're eating their Chick-fil-A and they go, yes. And I'm like, okay, so this is all planned. I'm like, yeah, they knew, they knew what they were doing, you know, but I'm just kind of crazy and freaking out. So they came inside, they were excited and, and then they just went to work and, yeah. and that, from there on, so it then was, they come wow. in, they look at the discharge inside there. Hi mommy. They look at the discharge inside. They're like, this is great. Yeah. You know, and they're, you know, Jenny's got her hand in there. I mean, it's Yeah. And it was, it was pretty funny. It was cool though. So then my water, one of my waters breaks and they say, she goes, it's not that much water. You probably only broke like one of your bags. And I was like, but then as soon as that happened, I felt the urge to push and I wasn't even really pushing. I was like my, I was just kind of like kneeling there in shock like, yep. cause my body was just doing it itself. So they're like, all right, let's get you back to the birth pool. So then they brought me back to the birth pool. I had a million contractions on the way. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing like when I'm walking, it was the weirdest thing. You started out all fours in the birth pool, kind of doing pushing. And then Gina recommended the, the right. runner's lunge, but it was transitional. So it was almost like you were like three contractions and then three contractions. And yeah. you were moving two. And I, I think that really helped kick some stuff. Yeah. Up. It's, it's like, I, for me, I had to change positions, like going the next time I give birth, like the, the, the one thing that I wanted to do differently, because a lot of you would ask like, what would you have done differently? And what would you have done the same? Like I would, I still would not have gotten checked because for me, it really helped my mindset. And I didn't, I, all I could do was hope that I was making progress mm. rather than think, oh my gosh, I'm only three centimeters. Like nothing is happening. I'm in so much pain. How, like, how am I going to do this? For me, I was like, you know, I could be I could be eight centimeters, you know, like it doesn't, we don't know. And then the, but the thing I would do differently is because I, now I know that like it was worth it to keep moving. And I probably could have had a quicker labor if I did do it is I would have gotten myself more uncomfortable. I really would have done that sooner. Like I would have stood up every couple minutes, yeah. you know, even just standing, like really moved me along. So that's like the one thing I would have done differently. And they saw that, like I was in the birth pool for a while pushing and then I stopped making progress. So they're like, let's get you up. Let's go over to the toilet. And I'm like, okay, I didn't even make it there. <laughs> I think they wanted you to pee. Oh yeah. They wanted me they wanted to, you pee. to pee. Yeah. Cause of, cause that can like really slow down contractions and everything. Yeah. I was like, let's get her up to pee. And then we're walking to the toilet. You were sitting there. I think you had like 
Oh no, it can, sorry. It can cause more pain. It can make your contractions more painful if you have a full bladder. Yeah. So you had three or four contractions on the toilet and then we tried to get you up to go back to the pool and you looked at me right in the eyes and he said, I'm going to have it right now. Yeah. I I knew it. It's so funny. And they tell you that you're going to know, but you're like, what does that mean? (laughs) You're like, I'm not going back to the pool. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. Concrete floor. (laughs) So we're standing up in the bathroom. Very glamorous. He had, he ended up going on a stool because I needed to like put my weight on him. I'm like exhausted at this point. I just, I mean, I could barely stand. I was like shaking. So he sits on this stool that we have and I'm like, all my weight is on him. I'm like squeezing him. I'm sweating profusely all over him. And then like I was pushing for two and a half hours ish. Yeah, it was about two and a half hours, and uh, you were kind of like hunched over on me, and then we would just rotate like hands on my shoulders, me holding your hands, hands on my legs, and then you were pushing on their cues, so we're just kind of naturally pushing with contractions, alternating running positions, and then we ended up bringing the squatty potty in, and you put one leg in the squatty potty. Yeah, that really helped, like putting one leg up. So strange. Yeah, but it was weird because from my perspective, we're sitting there, and we planned for this whole thing and all this other stuff going on, and then we're here, we are on the on the bathroom floor. So uh, before I even said anything, like they brought extra blankets and pillows and they're putting it like, Oh, just in case, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, this is gonna get really weird. How safe is this? And they're like, well, we'll help you catch her. And uh, like, cause she's freaking out. And like, Amanda's very strong and uh, I mean, I'm a big guy. So she's, she's like making me fight her counter pushes, you know? And I'm like, dude, this is like legit, you know, sweating my mouth. Yeah, it was, it was intense. And I had no concept of time. Like I thought I was maybe pushing for like half an hour and they're like, yeah, no, you push for like two and a half hours. It makes sense. Cause I was so exhausted. Yeah. We after. got in the bathroom just after 10 or so. So that was, it was pretty good because we spent about an hour and change in the pool, which was kind of crazy. So we're there. A lot of people ask, what does pushing feel like? You won't even have to, like, I don't think you really have to try until you're like, She's crowning, basically. My body just kind of did it. So when I was pushing, one thing, I she her head like kept coming out. She was crowning, and then it would go back in, and I was it was driving me insane. I was like, this is awful. I just felt like she was never going to come out. And one cue that Gina Ardula gave me that now I will I will never forget this, and I will definitely use it next time. She was like, try to do that pelvic floor breathing while you're pushing, and like hold it down there. So when you're doing that pelvic floor breathing, like you're breathing in and letting your pelvic floor relax. And that's like when you feel it expanding. So you, if you think about it, you would feel like your butthole relax, really. She's like that scowl. That's what she came out with. If you're watching this on YouTube. And so like, but you want to like hold it there. So instead of letting that pelvic floor tighten back up, like you would when you breathe out during the breath. So you breathe in and things open up, your pelvic floor relaxes, and then you breathe out and it goes back up. So instead of letting it go back up, she was like, keep pushing it down. So that, that was the the concept of pushing that really helped for me. So when it relaxed, I would keep, when it, it got to that bottom part, I would just push so hard. And when I breathed in, it was like, I just kept everything pushing, 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 even though I was breathing in. And before that I was not doing that. So her head would just go right back. So once I started doing that, I really got the hang of it. Giant. I don't know 
how far, how long I'd been pushing at that point, but it was definitely like close to when she came out. I would say like probably the last like it was hour. Yeah, that was not, maybe even less than that. Less than that, yeah. Because you're you kind of hunkered down. You kind of hunkered down when that happened. Like when you, I think like that progress that they were saying, hey, like we can see her, like she's there. Like you kind of that's when you really kind of like latched in and started to get uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't know how to do it. Like you don't really know how to push until you're there doing it. So if I could give any advice, I would say like one, do your pelvic floor breathing beforehand. And there's so many resources on how to do this online. I did a podcast episode with Dr. Ryan Bailey. She's expecting pelvic health on Instagram. We talked about it in the episode, but I think she has videos on her Instagram as well. So it's at expecting pelvic health. And basically you want to do that breathing. I did that the whole, like for the entire time I was pregnant, I did it while I was working out and I still do that now. So it's one of those things I highly recommend doing beforehand while you're pregnant. So then in labor, I was very, I could, Gina said it and I was like, got it. I know exactly what to do. And then I finally, she ended up coming out and she had a very mean look on her face. Uh, she pooped on me. She pooped on Ian. Her eyes were wide open. Yep. <laughs> I was like in shock. Yeah, um, she came out looking at me straight. She came out looking at me right in her eyes. Kind of like this, you know, a little bit for the, the YouTube peeps. There you go. No, she came out right. The, I was able to catch her. Then the rest of the, the water came out with it and blood and mucus and all that good stuff. And, and then it was like, wow, this baby is enormous. Yeah. She, she was eight pounds, seven ounces. And yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. So she came out and everyone's like, did you feel so much better when she came out? <laughs> she, I, I did to an extent, obviously like my contraction stopped. So I didn't have back labor. I was like, I feel great. They helped me get onto the ground and we'll try to, we'll, I'll put our birth photos so that you guys like know you can like get a visual. And then he was behind me and I was holding her and she had already, she was already trying to latch, which was just crazy. I was like, she was like looking for my boob. It was so cool. And then my placenta, like the cord was very short. So that made it a little tricky to like have her and like the placenta still inside me. I'm like kind of uncomfortable and it was like tugging a little bit. So they got us up, they put us in bed and then they were trying to pass the placenta. So I think it was probably maybe like half an hour on my own trying to pass it, just kind of waiting for some contractions to start. They did not. And then they gave me some herbs. They asked, they're like, do you want to take some herbs to speed this up? I said, yes, because I was so uncomfortable. I just like, I felt this really, really deep heaviness still. And I couldn't really like enjoy everything. So I was so uncomfortable. So I took the herbs. I passed it probably like 10 minutes later. So within an hour, Creepy. the placenta was out. It was huge. It was so big. It hurt bad. I mean, I know everyone says it doesn't have bones, so it, it doesn't, it's not like that painful when you pass it, but it hurt me. So I, I did tear. So I'm sure that that had something to do with it. And I was just so sick of pushing. I was like, I cannot push anymore. So my girl had a big head. Yeah, she did have a really big head, but it was great. They put Eliana, Eliana was on my chest the whole time this whole time they oh, oh she's laughing <laughs> you funny <laughs> she's 
She's talking about you. Mama's oh talking about goodness. you. Oh, Gosh, my goodness. Gosh, she is cute, guys. Yeah. I just, I hope you're watching the YouTube. Yeah, 48 minutes in the YouTube. Check it out. <laughs> fat, smiling baby, that little girl. So it did hurt. We did save the placenta. It's in our freezer. It's in like a plastic bag in our freezer. We haven't done anything with it. I know a lot of people encapsulate it, but I just, I didn't know if I wanted to. We'll probably just put it in smoothies because it's frozen. But I just, I felt really good after. I still feel really good. So I just, I didn't want to add anything to the mix, if that makes sense. I have had some people and there's actually... One of my friend's midwives told her that if you take the placenta too soon, it can actually hinder your milk supply. So that was interesting. There is a study on that. And then I've actually heard that it's better to take it like further down the road, like eight, like around the eight to 10 month mark, because it can help support your milk supply. So I'll probably use it later on. Right now, I'm, I'm just kind of doing my typical routine, everything I was doing during pregnancy for supplements and just trying to prioritize eating. And I, I feel really good. Eliana's a good sleeper at night though. So that, that really helps too. Yeah. A lot of you asked if I tore, I did tear. I had a first degree, two first degree tears on my inner labia on each side. And then I had one like vaginal tear. It was like almost second degree. I did not do stitches. So I kind of assumed that they were going to tell me to do them. My midwife actually mentioned that like it, it just wasn't that bad. It was like in between the first and second degree. And she was like, if you want to do them, we can. But unless it's like second degree or higher, she usually doesn't recommend it because it can cause more inflammation. So I, I just couldn't imagine anyone stitching anything up. So I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. She's like, just keep your legs closed. And I went to my five week. I went like I was five weeks when I saw my pelvic floor physical therapist and I was completely healed. So, you know, do with that what you will if you end up tearing. But don't. That was the best decision for sure. Yeah, just don't like stress. Don't be like terrified if you tear. Like, honestly, I was not in that much pain after birth. I just mostly felt so weird because my organs were constantly moving around if I got up. So that was like, I feel like the worst part. And breastfeeding is way harder than anything. So I feel like that like overshadowed stuff. So that's kind of the birth stuff. We're going to wrap it up. I'll talk about some home birth things, testing that we did, and then a little bit on like setting up a home birth. So everyone asked, would I home birth again? 100%. I think you would, right? Yes. So we would definitely do it again. I don't think there were any cons. People like, what are the cons of home birth? I just think it depends on the type of person. Yeah, mama, you would do it again? She agrees. Yeah, she likes it. <laughs> She had a great time. She loved everyone. All the dog kisses, you know. That was there, yeah. I think there could be, the only con of home birth is like you can't get an epidural and you're not like in a hospital. So you could possibly have to transfer depending on what you have going on. But if, I mean, if, if you don't want any of those interventions, then I would say like there aren't really any cons of home birth. Safety. From like being like a kind of like apprehensive at first to then going through the experience. I probably would never want to do it any other way. Yeah. To be honest, like a hundred percent, like the birthing team was great. They cleaned up after themselves. Yeah. They stayed for a long time after they really had our best interests and Eliana's best interests. In, and it was good. Like it was the seamless, like, yeah, I wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. As I think if you have a great provider and a team that you really trust and like, I don't, I, I can't imagine wanting to do anything else. Safety. I'm going to link, to a podcast episode from Happy Home Birth Podcast. 
kind of goes through a lot of those things we mentioned, like things that can come up, whether that's like they come out and they are not breathing. If maybe the that can ha- that's one of the more common ones, and then like bleeding from the mom. So that's a really helpful episode. Someone asked, like, why is everyone taking the risk of home birth? It's really not any riskier than a hospital birth. And honestly, the way that I look at it is the whole goal of home birth is to have the least amount of interventions as possible. So that's, I mean, at least that my midwife was like that. My my birth team was like that. I can't imagine that other midwives, home birth midwives are not like that. Um, Obviously a hospital midwife is going to be different, but just the fact that we, the goal is to not have as many interventions, like that to me, that is safer. It's, you know, pregnancy and birth, they're not emergencies until they are, of course, unless you have risks or complications arise. But if you don't, then to me, like, which we didn't, we did not have any complications or anything come up, just I was in a lot of pain, that was it, then you shouldn't really need the interventions that you would need at a hospital. So I don't think it's risky if you are, you know, cleared for home birth. And one really good quote that I do want to mention from the Happy Home Birth podcast, because she does talk about this, is she says, when it comes to giving birth, what's your risk tolerance? Are you more comfortable with the risk of giving birth at home and assessing the situation as it comes? Or are you more comfortable with the risk of the often unnecessary interventions and fallout that come from them at the hospital? So that's kind of like how I feel. And then at home, you can do whatever you need to, to feel comfortable, which for me was really important, especially because I did have back labor. So I'm really happy with it. Home birth must haves. I would say a really good TENS unit. Like I will definitely get like a birth level TENS unit next time. Like not like the one that I have a heating pad that will definitely come in handy. Twinkle lights. My friend Madison sent me a bunch of extra twinkle lights that she had from her home birth. And so that was just great because nothing is like too bright. Birth tub or shower. I really liked both. Honestly, I liked having both. Adrenal cocktails made in bulk. He went through the whole jug that we had and then had to make them (laughs) after, but try to have a ton made ahead of time. Doula and a birth team that you trust. I think that's honestly the most important one because you don't have to know everything. Like this is the best part of having a team there is that they help you. They give you suggestions and you can say no to anything that you want. Like I definitely took a lot of their suggestions, but there's also plenty of times I said no. Yeah. And they don't care. Their feelings aren't hurt. They're just trying to like find what works for you. So honestly, I feel like if you have the team you want, that's really all that you need. And then easy foods to eat. Like fruit, I obviously I ate banana. I had like date balls, beef sticks, stuff like that are good to have on hand. Excellent husband. Did you add that? Boom. <laughs> to the notes. <laughs> That's really funny. You're welcome. Well, he was feeding me the whole time and the, for the whole time after, which we'll talk about in our postpartum episode. Someone asked, what are my thoughts on free birth? I honestly am not incredibly educated on free birth because I did choose to have a midwife. I don't personally think that I would do it for my first birth or future one. I just, I'm just like, I don't know. I ha- I'd have to look into it a lot more. So was your family supportive of home birth? If not, how did you approach this with them? What did you say? My family, I mean, they just don't really question like the choices that I make. I feel like they trust me. I'm also like in the medical field. So I'm sure that that helps. My mom did ask questions. Like she was, she's, I mean, she's heard of midwives before. So she was just like curious. She did ask questions, but no one like gave me a hard time. 
your mom thought we were crazy, <laughs> but she's crazy. So yeah, she's crazy. So it didn't really matter. Boom. But if, if someone had given me a hard time, I didn't talk to like my extended family about it. I'm sure one of them might've had something to say, but I just would have said that it's none of their business. Cause you have to remember, like you've done the research. I mean, for me, I did the research and I, we knew, you know, what the risks were. We also knew the risks of having a baby in a hospital. So if you educate yourself and you feel good in your decision, I just think like you shouldn't really have to justify that to someone else. It's it's your decision for your family. And then was there any point you wish you were in a hospital? Would you rather have chosen a hospital? Definitely not. Definitely not. Even when I was in a lot of pain, I, I don't, I don't think I would have wanted to be at a hospital because I didn't want an epidural. So I just would have been like really uncomfortable and not had the freedom that I did at home testing for the baby. So a lot of you guys have questions about this. Did I do the metabolic testing for things like PKU and all that? We did do the metabolic testing. He has a health history of sickle cell trait. So that's one of the things that they test for. And I'm glad that we did it because she does have sickle cell trait. So we chose to do it. I don't think there's any harm in doing it. And if you have the health history, then I think it's a good choice. It's good to know. And then did you do vitamin K? We did not. We're doing the liquid vitamin K drops with her because they're asking about the vitamin K shot. So we did not do that. So for planning a home birth, some tips. I have a friend that's a doula in North Carolina and she also did a home birth. So that was really helpful for me. But even then, like she gave me the names of some midwives, like home birth midwives, but I even found one that she didn't share with me on a Facebook group. So there's like a North Carolina home birth Facebook group. I don't know the link off the top of my head anymore. I don't even think I have it anywhere. But depending on where you live, if you're trying to do a home birth, I would look, I mean, obviously like Google search home birth midwives in your area. They will come up. Like most of them came up when I did do some searching, but I did, I got like recommendations in the Facebook group, which was really nice. There's also a lot of people that also had TRICARE that are military families and they kind of broke down like, Here's what happens depending on if you have like TRICARE Select or TRICARE, is it Prime? Prime. I'm like, am I making that up because of Amazon Prime? No. <laughs> it is TRICARE Prime. So basically, you know, just getting advice on that, that was really helpful. So I would see if there's a home birth Facebook group for your state oh. where you are. But yeah, so that's the, that's like, that's how we planned it. I was five weeks pregnant when oh. I found my home birth midwife. Oh. So that was like... I mean, to me, that was probably the trickiest thing. I was pretty much like, okay, I have to find this person like tomorrow because they fill up very quickly, at least where I live. So that's just something I would keep in mind is I wouldn't necessarily wait. If you know you want to do a home birth, they they do tend to fill up fast because there's, depending on where you live, there's not usually many around. They only do, our, our midwife only does two births a month. Yeah. So the, you were the last slot for yeah. May and you had booked it like I was eight months in advance or seven months in advance. Yeah, it was. I was literally like six weeks pregnant when I paid my deposit. So it's pretty crazy. Um, I also found my doula right away. I did. She has a gym in my area, so that was really helpful. Again, my friend is a doula in North Carolina, so that was also very helpful. Getting advice of like, she's she's like, I think that you would do really well with Gina. So I reached out to her. But I think the earlier you can do it, the better. So if you are not pregnant yet, you know, maybe you do, but you know, you want to do this, do some searching in your area and see like who's available. Cause it also can help, you know, like, okay, if, if I can't do a home birth, cause there's not availability or there's no one in my area that can do it, 
maybe you find a really good hospital that you know a ton of people have had a good experience at or a birthing center. But for home birth, you do want to do your research, plan as early as you can and get on someone's list. One thing to quickly note too, is that even when we did the online birthing classes together, there were some couples on there that were not even pregnant yet that were just doing like preliminary research. And at first we kind of thought, wow, that's kind of crazy. Like you guys aren't even like pregnant yet, but you're trying to have like thinking about having a baby, but they're taking these birth classes. And then kind of in hindsight, it's like uh, not, not, not a terrible idea to do, especially nowadays where there's such a shortage on, on so many different things. It's just as much preparation as you can do is probably more beneficial for you guys. Yeah. So I know we were kind of like, what the heck? But I'm also like, I, I get it because some people are planners. But yeah, so that's that's our birth story. This is our very cute baby, Eliana. Very chunky, lovely baby. <laughs> and we're going to do a postpartum episode too. But if you don't listen to that, and the only thing I want everyone to take away basically is to not move for seven days. Like if you just don't move, you'll be fine. So we'll talk more about that in the postpartum episode. But I hope you guys enjoyed our birth story. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Are You Menstrual podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a review and sharing the podcast with someone you think it will help. If you are new here, we can't recommend enough to start with our mineral imbalance quiz. This is going to give you an idea if you are at low, moderate, or high risk for mineral imbalances. And then of course, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Hormone Healing RD and consider signing up for our newsletter. If you like nerding out and you are just loving these podcasts, but maybe you're a little bit more visual and you want to see things too, we go into a ton of detail in our weekly newsletter. So we would love to have you join us there. All right. Thank you. And we will see you in the next episode.